Okay, this is weird because I literally just finished the spin-off Doctors. So i got to remember I'm not talking to Conrad about Castlevania anymore. Um, I, I, I can totally be Conrad. Um, oh, do, do, I'm Conrad. This is a Conrad impression. Oh, oh, oh. That's, That's a very good startlingly accurate impersonation of Conrad Zimmerman there. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I could just replace Conrad on things now because, you know, I can do a really stellar Conrad. Oh, yeah. That's efficiency. That's downsizing. That's running the company smoothly. <laughs> um, right. Did, did either of you ever watch that Castlevania on Netflix? Uh, I watched the, the Netflix Castlevania. Um, um, I don't know if you ever my, talked about it on here or not. I can't remember if we did. Like My, my big takeaway was... This isn't a TV series, this is a movie they cut into four parts. Yeah, like, we basically that... talked about that on the spin-off yeah. answers, yeah. Um, like, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it'd probably be better in retrospect when they have another season backing it up, because this one really yeah. was just a prequel, like what you'd like the prologue of a book before it, it the felt... plot happens. It felt like what would normally be the prologue story that you tell to, like, pitch. Like, hey, let us do a series. Here's, like, a, a short film we did. Can we do the whole series, please? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of TV, I started watching that Orphan Black. I can't even remember if I said that last week or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you getting on with Orphan Black? Yeah. It's, it's good or still good. I cannot... Re- I literally can't remember anything we talked about on the last episode. Like, I normally forget a lot. Like, vast swathes of things that I say. But I'm um, genuinely experiencing a complete lack of memory of the last uh, podcast. So am, so am I. Have we fallen into some weird time vortex where uh, did last we record week it? just doesn't exist? Did you talk I'm about... I'm pretty sure we did. Wait, no. Did you talk about Nino Cooney, maybe? Maybe. I we think might we have did. Done? Yeah. I'm looking up the description for last week's episode because <laughs> I don't remember what we Reggie, talked about. Reggie, maybe? Oh, Nintendo's Cardboard Dildo was Oh, Cardboard week. Dildo! Cardboard Dildo. You're going to make oh. Labo Dildos. And we talked a bit you about know, Kirby and Sea I can't Thieves. forget the Cardboard Dildo. Speaking of Reggie, right, I was watching an interview that Jeff Keighley was doing with Reggie recently, and I can't remember what questions he was asking. They weren't too testy, but they weren't easy questions either. And I noticed for the first time that Reggie permanently looks like he's one awkward question away from turning into fucking Michael Douglas and falling down. (laughs) He looks like he's got this just repressed rage behind his eyes and i was like man he's gonna go postal one of these days (laughs) he probably he'd be capable of it as well i mean you look at the dude he is a big beefy bastard (laughs) he i mean I've, i've said for many many years almost my whole career that that man just looks like meat he he is just meat it's very intimidating he cuts an intimidating beefy savory figure yeah all i'm saying is laura if he shows up outside your house in a van wanting your amiibos, just give them to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he will, he will hammer your door down I, with his big, like, like stroganoff fists. I get the impression that he's like when, when you meet, like, children's TV actors when they're not on camera, in that, like, because they have to be sweet and family-friendly all the time because of the company they work for, that the second you see them out on the street, they're sort of effing and blinding and smoking yeah. and doing drugs and getting drunk and being like, oh, I'm not on the clock now. You oh, yeah, know, I bet, fucking, I bet I don't Reggie shove your amiibo like, up your arse. I bet he gets crazy road rage, like like Dennis from Always Sunny level road rage. I bet that's I, the kind Reggie gets. I like to imagine if Reggie fils may tries to swear, like the swear word doesn't physically come out of his mouth anymore because when he started at Nintendo, like they tweaked around with his voice box or something. So now it's he tries to swear and it just makes like the Yoshi, <laughs> like, 
like, <laughs> probably like Ludovico noises. <laughs> they have them strapped when he, to it. When he tries to swear. <laughs> when he tries to swear, it just goes. <laughs> That's it. They they flash up or, like the word do, fuck do, 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 do. and intercut it with Yoshi dying. I'm yeah. I'm thinking like if he gets into a really, really, really angry sweary tirade, it just does that bit of music from Kirby, the happy end of level dance, the just and just keeps that going until it's filled up all of the swears that he's doing in a row. Yes. And when he when he goes to bed at night he doesn't snore, he goes doo 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 boo. I'm now thinking how wonderful it would be to have bit weird Nintendo. bits of language replaced with Nintendo. Sounds. I genuinely think that would be like horrifying. <laughs> it, it would be horrifying. But also... if I was married to Reggie and he's asleep, going, I'd be like, I married a monster. I would have a pillow over that guy's face adorable. and over mine. And then I, he turns over on his would... other side and he goes. <laughs> I guarantee you that is funny and adorable for one night. Thirty years into the marriage, I I don't know. So kind of like amiibos I'm picturing a lot of people that are probably thirty years into marriages where they have to sleep next to someone who's just who would kill to have just a nice little bit of melodic music going while they sleep. That's true. But yeah. if it's between Nintendo sounds and prototype industrial music, then yeah, I think most people <laughs> would probably replace the snoring. So, so what you're saying is it would be cute for one night and then you'd probably never want to be around it again. So basically it's like the Wii U. Ah! I can oh. always tell when when a so basically it's joke is coming because yeah. the tone of someone's voice changes. And it's just, it's, it's not about being surprised <laughs> that there's a subversive basically A. It's the anticipation of what is it? What is the basically I, ga, ga, and then at the drops. At this go, point, we Ooh. should all know it's going to be just like the Wii U because that's my go-to for well, like. I was thinking <laughs> that, or I'd have put money on that, or sex with Donald Trump. Like yeah. I was thinking that, is he going to go that way? Is he going to go balls deep in Trump? Speaking of think... sex with Donald Trump, right? Yeah, he's getting an awful lot of flack this week over being a big perv. But I mean, a slap on the arse with a magazine is. Pretty vanilla. So here's, here's Well, I mean, paying someone and blackmailing them to be quiet. That I think that's that, when it becomes yeah, that, yeah, a magazine. I, that's a bit I do, seedy. I do have some thoughts on this whole thing. I'll get mine out very quickly. Um, I don't think it's inherently a problem for someone who is married to have sex with someone else if that's a consensual situation. We don't know. Maybe Milani is like, yeah, sure, have an open thing, whatever. What is kind of sketchy Which appa- is... Which apparently, according yeah. to Stormy, was the case, wasn't it? I haven't really been yeah. following this story. So, I just saw that I, I, and I, I saw something bits about... of it. So, like, the fact that an affair happened in and of itself, I'm like, ah, that's not really news. But, like, paying to keep it quiet during an election, during the same election cycle that he was very, very much having a go at Hillary Clinton because her husband had an affair, like, that feels really shady and dodgy. <laughs> Yeah, at this point when he's a massive hypocrite, it's just... 
Yeah, I, I, I think the thing, the thing, such a first for him. But the, but I don't, I don't have any beef with him getting slapped on the arse with a magazine. Well, I mean, it's, the, you know, that's, the specific. I've, I've to let that, people, well, women do worse, far worse things <laughs> than so that to me. I, here's the thing: if it was, if it was just slapped on the arse with a magazine, I don't think people would be talking about it. I think it's the fact that allegedly it's a magazine with his own face on the cover, or like his kid's yeah. face on the cover, or something like that. It was some him. It was one of the Trumps was on the cover that he asked to be spanked with, and like. That's where it feels a bit weird. I mean, I'll just say this, though. Like, a lot of people eat oatmeal as well. But then if someone says Trump's eating oatmeal, a lot of people would just instinctively go, ugh. Yeah, it's very different fair. if you had just said like well, David Schwimmer's eating oatmeal. Well, you just go if, so. If the story had just been David, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 David, I Schwimmer, David probably Schwimmer probably eats oatmeal really gross as well. If, he if probably it, goes. Ugh. I, I fully support Donald Trump getting spanked on the ass with a magazine if that's what he's into. But it gets weird when it's his own face he wants to be spanked <laughs> with. Again, if that's what if that's what you're into, that's cool. But that that's a mental image that is weird in my head. <laughs> you start going into Hellraiser territory if you start thinking I want to be spanked with my own face. <laughs> you start veering into like the Cenobites realm of expertise, and that's when you've got to think, like. Am I going too yeah. far? As much I think as, this as, is very unfair, <laughs> very tremendous kink shaming, very sad. As much as I dislike Trump, if it's hurting no one else, do whatever you want in the bedroom. Yeah. I don't. I don't want my slamming of Trump to, turn, wants, to to come across as then being like not sex positive. Be sex positive, but also if Trump's he wants consenting shit. ladies pee peeing on him, then off you go. All off, off you go and have your fun, guys. Trump's not waiting for our permission. On on a small video game podcast, I think he's if he wants to get pissed on, he's gonna get pissed on. In, but in... I mean, do it with our blessing, I guess. If anyone's listening, if anyone has been listening, waiting for us to green light a <laughs> yellow discipline, then we will do that for you. Go get pissed on if 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 you needed us to fire the starting gun. And and maybe listen to this while you do it. Like, listen to my voice as I guide you through it as you're laying back, just waiting for the gates to open and drown you like the dirty little just, just muffin relax. that you are. Just relax. It's, it's easy. You just have to not think about it, and it's all yeah. good. And then when you're done, give me a high five. There you go. You did it. Well done, you. We talked you you're through peeing. You're a star peeing. in our eyes. <laughs> now, if you want to turn over to side two of the... <laughs> <laughs> the yellow discipline piss cassette, then go for it. Gee, what the fuck are yeah. we talking about? How has this only been 10 minutes? It feels like fucking 50. This this has been one of our more interesting opens, I feel. I mean, we normally bury the, the, the deep Trump stuff like deep into the podcast so it's too late for people to eject. We've already gotten rid of half the listeners now. I, I here's the thing we've I got find rid of the half idea of, 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 of ejecting while thinking about Trump very disturbing. <laughs> See again though, I think of David Schwimmer and I just go so what? As, as much as da- Donald Trump ejected. As say? much as much as we may have gotten rid of some listeners, I think we will have brought some listeners in. Like I'm now picturing that this episode is starting to make the rounds in some circles. And hello, well, new I, listeners. I hope you're enjoying video games after this, as I well as our that- P instructions. I would imagine David Schwimmer has shared this among his friends. So, hello to David Schwimmer's friends. Because I, I would imagine David Schwimmer during sex starts like crying and whining about the other guy who was chatting to you at the bar the other night. 
But I'm just basing that off of Ross, so that's I was very about unfair. to say, yeah, I think, I think, I think what you've done there is you've assumed that David Schwimmer is Russ from Friends. <laughs> I, 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 I'm now feeling like the, the, that we have to have some kind of like tiered Podquisition fan um, strata but, now where it's like, if you are one of the people we mentioned this episode, if you're David <laughs> Schwimmer, if you're someone who's peeing on someone while listening, then you get into the like Podquisition fan club. It's all good. Yeah. I, I was also basing it on his clearly very evidently self... Um, I nearly said self-defecating there. <laughs> His very clearly self-deprecating appearance on Curb Your Enthusiasm, in which he made himself out to be a bit of a Ross. Mm -hmm. I would also, though, like to give a major shout-out, because we're we're giving call-outs to people. I'd give a major shout-out to anyone who's sitting with a chair backwards, like a cool kid from the 90s, um, in the next three minutes as they listen to this. Um, And a bigger shout-out to anyone who wasn't doing that, but is now scrabbling to find a chair to do it. (laughs) To um, be included as part of the shout out. I, yeah. I wanna I wanna give a shout out to anyone who's just like had a bit of a rough day and is, you know, just having a bit of an unwind now and it's feeling a bit better. Hey, we got you back. It's all gonna be That's pretty chill. That's what we're here for. It's gonna be chill. We got you. That's what we're here for. Yeah, although that thing you're worried about at work is going to go tits up. Oh yeah. I'm sorry it is, to break it to you. But like we just wanted to get like for this forty five minutes it's gonna be fine. And if you just yeah. keep listening to this episode on loop, then it's going to be fine. Yeah. And if you so, just like, don't I mean, go back to work and keep listening to Podquisition instead, it'll be fine. Yeah. I, I mean, no, no, it's fine. You will be employed next week. It's okay. I don't want to upset him too much. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so you will definitely have a job. That will be fine. Don't, they don't know. Okay, we'll keep it quiet. Yeah. Are you yeah. directly uh, addressing Donald now? Do we know if he's going to have a job next week? Uh, I do know that he's sitting on his chair backwards like a cool kid from the 90s right oh, yeah, now. No, he's if, definitely if, if, doing that. If Donald he's Trump... like straddling the big Oval Office one. Just his, his little feet just out the round the back of it, just like kicking. Just That's all you can see. You see the chair back and his little feet just... If he was listening, he was definitely in the camp that wasn't sat backwards but scrambled to do it. Yes, yeah. he's, and he, he's googling. And he was thinking racist things while he did he's, it. Probably he, he's googling mean nicknamed for blondes. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, he's, he's cracked open the urban dictionary. <laughs> so we're about fifteen minutes in. Do we want to do some video games or introduce oh, well, who we are? Did we do uh, that? Oh, I suppose we could do introductions if you want. <laughs> if you want to be formal about it. Um, hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good. I've got weird energy to me today, and I'm I'm, I'm just good. I'm riding it. <laughs> Awesome, um, yeah. I've been alright. I've had a really, I've had a, some shitty few days. Lots of technical issues and anxiety things. So I've not been doing work like I like to. But I've uh, gotten back on the horse today, so I'm feeling good and revved up. Uh, did my Far Cry Five impressions? We'll be talking about that a little later, I'm sure. Um, speaking of Far Cry Five, uh, we know uh, Gavin is a big Ubisoft fan. Hello, Gavin. Miracle of sound. How are you? Hello. Good. Uh, I also just finished yesterday my Far Cry 5 song, which oh. by the time this podcast goes out will have been out yesterday because I'm uploading it right after this recording. So Oh, heck. That, that and I'm a little bit cool. worried about it because I only realised last night I wrote it from Joseph Seed's perspective and uh, it taken out of context, it really comes across like this like deranged evangelical... 
Christian I, song. Are you worried they're going to start playing your song at the um, next NRA meeting? Maybe. And I'm also worried that like someone will stumble across this on Spotify. I was mm, like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking... Lo- fuck this guy. I'm not listening to any more of his shit. He's a hateful motherfucker. <laughs> That's one of the problems if you make songs from the perspective of Ubersoft charismatic villain number 36. <laughs> well, it was okay with Pag and Min because that song was all about like coming home and having a great time. It wasn't about people burning in hell for being filthy, so... Yeah. yeah. And that's really... That was what Pag and Min was doing throughout that game. He was just having a homecoming party. Yeah. yeah. Quite okay, literally, if you, uh, if you let him at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that okay. is still my favourite ending to that game, where you just don't run away. Yeah. And Pegamin just... comes back and goes, oh, you waited. Okay. Yeah. And you just have like a very calm, gentle ending to that game and don't have to murder a bunch of people on the way there. You murder a bunch yeah. of people after that ending, I think. But I was thinking as well, I, I can't remember. I know there were two endings actual endings at the end of the game as well but i can't remember what was there one of them a peaceful one but we don't probably don't want to spoil it for people who haven't played yeah it, like i know the answer to that but i'm yeah. gonna not talk yeah. about it too much but far cry 5 i suppose we could talk about far cry 5 yes yeah, oh, we're here it's, it's, it's the game of the week it? yeah. it's uh I'm, I'm just gonna put it this way i've been having a lot of fun this week shooting middle america evangelical christians that are like very patriotic and it's been quite fun I think it's an Ubisoft game. It is a Ubisoft game. It's an Ubisoft game. It, I mean, the enemies sound a bit more like Jerry Lawler in this one, but it's an Ubisoft hey, game. If, if if a Ubisoft game is just going to have a different coat of paint, I'm quite enjoying this coat of paint. I mean, for the Far Cry series, it was a nice departure. Very much how Far Cry Primal was. You know, it's it's nice to see a more a more dramatic change of scenery than the other ones. Um, although it still does amount to just a lot more of the same going through the forestry, going through the fields. Uh, here's a massive map just filled with nebulous stuff. That's not to say it isn't fun, mm. but I've started to approach Ubisoft games the way uh, I started to approach, um, once I was deep into the series, Dynasty Warriors. It's like, all right, I kind of know exactly what I'm getting here. There's going to be some twists and stuff that people who have played a lot of these games will appreciate. Uh, you know, and I've played pretty much all of the Ubisoft games, so I can see all the differences. But I know it's just going to be sort of brain dead, repetitive fun, and that's fine. It is fun, <laughs> but I've... Ubisoft's kind of lost the chance to make their games special anymore. None of them stand out. Like it's like I made that joke about charismatic villain number thirty six. Like every one of the Far Cry games now has to have charismatic villain, and they're not as special as us anymore. Because they're typical, they become codified. I don't think that's, that's that. I don't think that's necessarily a negative that the trademark of the series is charismatic villain, though. Well, I mean, it, they like stop every becoming series special has its... when they become routine. It was like the the no Russian level in in Call of Duty. It's like they then tried to copy that in every subsequent game, and it just looked exactly what it was, just copying the successful thing. So every villain since has just been like an attempt to be Vass again. And Pagan Min was good, but he was not Vass. But you could tell they were desperately trying to make I... him another standout villain. Yeah, I don't know. I like the villains in this one. I think they're I like them. I think they're well I'm not done. saying they're bad. Yeah. I'm just saying that it I, becomes I think... predictable when the whole game is framed around, oh, we've made another, this villain ain't your mama's villain. But it's like, well, but they end the... up being kind of the same I, if I... they're all not your mama's villain. 
I really don't see that as a negative, though. I mean, in a game like this, the player is pretty much a blank slate. So why not make the villain the star of the show? You know, like... I'm just saying that, that a, a really good villain, or indeed any really good character, isn't something you can pre-plan. You can't just say, oh, we're going to have this amazing villain. Like, Vass was good because but, but, but you know they Michael almost Manto came this, in and had a breakout performance. This actually wasn't, almost wasn't even the villain they had because they didn't find the actor till very late. And uh, it was apparently, the actor's performance was what inspired a lot of the characters. So, I don't know, I, I feel, to me, it do, what I'm getting from you is that it feels contrived, but to me it doesn't feel that way. Right. Well, yeah. to me it does. Like, yeah. The, Everything about all of Ubisoft's output, like it's not just Far Cry, because Assassin's Creed, uh, The Crew, um, what's the other big one they have? Watch Dogs is another one, Ghost Recon Wildlands, they're all different a bit. Like a lot of them, some of them are in different genres, like The Crew. Um, Assassin's Creed is a different style of action game to uh, Watch Dogs, and then Far Cry is a first person shooter, but. They are all mechanically, in terms of game world and, and structure, mm. the same. And that's all I'm driving at is yeah. it's not necessarily bad. It's just Ubisoft is Tecmo Koei with a bigger budget now. And again, I liked, or at least, you know, I liked her before Dynasty Warriors 9 and what they did to Zhang He. I liked <laughs> Dynasty Warriors as a series. But. I had to admit that after several years of it, none of them were ever going to be Game of the Year territory again. Not until Hyrule Warriors came out and was significantly something special. Ubisoft games, I, I just don't see them ever as potential Game of the Year material anymore. I don't see them as inherently special. See, I was, I was the same, but then Assassin's Creed Origins kind of brought it back for me. I really, really... That was my so second... That was a very good game. Yeah. Um, very good game. And Far Cry 5 is... Well put together, very polished. It's got a nice atmosphere to it. Um, I'm going to still keep playing it. Like, I've done my video. I've done all that I need to do in terms of work with it. But I'm going to still play it and maybe do another video on it. Uh, we'll see. Um, it's great to just switch your brain off and play it for a few hours if you've got a few hours to kill. Uh, I'm just saying Ubisoft games don't stand out to me anymore. Um, I understand why Origins has for a lot of people. But even then, to me, it was still a lot. A lot of more of the same. Um, Ubisoft's polish and scale has impressively expanded with these past few games they've had. Uh, but at the same, uh, by the same token, just scaling it up and polishing it up isn't quite enough to me. Yeah, I, well, I feel like um, for me, four gameplay loop-wise was a step backwards from three and two. But I feel like they went a bit in the right direction in this one for. If you take something as simple as the hidden things you, the places you can find, the prepper, uh, the prepper locations where they've little hidden treasures and things, all of those are different. You know, they all have a little twist to them and some special way to go through them or a puzzle. And Far Cry Four didn't have any of that. It was literally just stuff is here on the map. You go find this and pick it up. And I appreciate that they're trying to at least move away from that, you know. And and there isn't really, apart from one mission where you have to collect lighters, I haven't really found any missions like that where it's just point completely pointless guff. They've all had their own little story, like, you know, something to actually keep you engaged, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I, I think it's an improvement. 
I wouldn't say it's not an improvement. I mean, certainly over Far Cry 4. Like, I, I thought Far Cry 3 was very good. Uh, Far Cry 4 bored me shitless. And Far Cry Primal was, I thought was pretty great, but that was because it was, uh, it was the same map as Far Cry 4, but a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and that's what, what made me like it. And a lot of people didn't like it too much, but, but I was drawn to it. And Far Cry 5, I said, I, I said on the impressions as well, it's somewhere in the middle of them. It's, in terms of quality, like, the bugs that you normally see in a lot of Ubisoft games just aren't there from what I've seen in Far Cry 5, and a lot of people have said the same. Mm. Um, the quality of it is definitely an improvement. Um, I, I will say, the, for your yeah. comment about the bugs being gone, for the most part, yes. Someone I know, uh, Vicky Blake, lost 60 hours of save because the save just corrupted out of nowhere. Oh, well, fuck. So <laughs> I've not seen any bugs. Wow. It seemed polished to me, but just bear in mind I have, like, I've not been on social media much this week, but I've already seen one account of a 60-hour uh, save vanishing. Yeah. I'll have to keep an eye on that. I know Far Cry 2 was lousy with bugs. That was awful. I, I ended up having to stop playing it because I got to a diamond, uh, I think it was diamond, yeah, diamond stash or something. Um... I feel and like it just, um, I got trapped in an area. It just kept crashing every time I tried to do anything in the area. I feel like challenge-wise, this one reminds me of two more than the last, the previous ones. I feel maybe I'm just getting worse at games as I age, but this one feels <laughs> a little bit more brutal than the last. I two. felt the same way. I felt yeah. a little bit more, Tense. just a little bit more fragile. Yeah, like, um, like, like you actually have terrible, to plan but... your attacks now a little bit because you can't run in guns blazing. Cause, especially if you and and and. I, I learned very quickly, never pick a fight next to a road, ever. <laughs> and that was something I remember very clearly from Far Cry 2. If you ever got in a gunfight next to a road, you were completely screwed. Because yeah. all the I other dudes would show up. There are a few things in the game that make me think of Far Cry 2 more than yeah. the others. Um, I mean, right back to the fact that you've got this limited... You didn't have a character creation in, in Far Cry 2, but mm. you weren't a character. Whereas in Far Cry 3 and 4 there was a very distinct protagonist. So this has gone back to Far Cry 2 in that you're kind of more of a voiceless character. Mm -hmm. um, and there are other elements as well, um, especially with regards to having to be a bit more cautious that make the the game, the structure and the atmosphere a lot closer to 2 than 3 and 4. Yeah. And I like the body system. I think it's cool. And I like yeah, the characters. Yeah, I do like the, Grace, I like the dog. Grace is the only one I've uh, found so far, but I really like Grace. Well, obviously, and, and, and Boomer as well. So. Obviously, Boomer, yeah. yeah. Um, did you see that thing on Ubisoft's FAQ page on their website? They've did added, they, did um, they call is him Boomer ironic? a good boy? Or iconic, rather. No, the question is, is Boomer a good boy? And then they reply, right. yes, a very good boy. <laughs> well, that's cute. He's a did, very well-rendered dog. Um, the line about the radio towers earlier on. Yeah, I put it in my impressions. It was the first thing I, I pointed right. out. Because I've had people being all like, well, the radio towers aren't there, so it isn't exactly like a Ubisoft game. Well, it is still. The radio towers were just sort of a big, you know, iconic joke, you know. Yeah, and I've had, I did have to climb another radio tower, but it was for an actual mission that the satellite had a, thing, had a, the little, tower. a little twist in it. Yeah. I know because there, there are there's still plenty of climbing. Let's yeah. there's still plenty of climbing or like yeah. just long traveling but to things. I just feel, this this one just feels a little more crafted. Like 
when I would when when I would play Far Cry Four and Three to some extent, when you're exploring the world, almost felt randomly generated. Like you just find things in places, and there was no real craft about it. But it feels like the world in this one has a, had a lot more effort put into it, and you do find these little locations that you can really tell they've been handcrafted. Yeah. You know, and, I think and, I think the real issue is is that they have put more effort and work into this one, but it is still just tied to this this like live service loop that is by its nature designed to be fairly straightforward and repetitive and mm-hmm. go to the thing to get the money to buy more you know guns <laughs> and costumes and things, mm-hmm. and that does tie it down a bit. It feels a bit anchored and weighted by that live service loop. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's the, where, they, like, even though it's not as scattershot in its map design as the other ones, it's still so trite and 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 almost for all of its all of the depth in the mechanics, the the main loop of it, the acquisition of money and spending it at this shop, is so shallow that that sort of overwhelms and and undermines the work that's gone into fleshing out the rest of it. Have you played many of the story missions? Uh, I played a fair couple, and they're okay. good. You know, yeah. um, I, I liked, although when I was trying, when I was in the middle of uh, doing something else in the game, I didn't like it. But the first time it happened, I liked that you ended up being hunted yeah. by the 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 cult, and they track you down, and you get this illusory sense of being able to escape from them. Yeah, has anyone actually? Has anyone managed to hold them off for a long, long time and, and, and see what happens? Or does it just basically go on forever until I'm one of them... I'm not sure, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. I've, I've not even attempted. <laughs> I normally just end up confused like a deer in the headlights by the time I work out what's going on. It's too late. Because mm, I really like those story missions. And, and like like you said, I like the way they implemented them. I thought it was it was different and clever. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. As I said, the game's got plenty of good stuff in it. Um, I just think the Honestly, some of their their story missions are so good that I wish Ubisoft wasn't so obsessed with open worlds now because they truly could make some amazing linear experiences mm-hmm. that would look even better than the games they do now because the moment you start corridoring like stuff, you start corridoring everything. You can like they did with Gears of War, like they can make it look even better if they love their pretty visuals. Yeah. Um, but but they know, but... they do such a good, well paced mission that I would love to see them do more straightforward, less open games. Like, mm. I, I like open games well enough, but mm. everything's drifted that way now. The seeing well, to be the, fair, the Far AAA space have... To be fair, Far Cry was always Cry. open world. I know, I know, but I'm saying Ubisoft as a mm. company, yeah. its output is so focused on open worlds that when I see these brilliant story missions in Far Cry, I don't want Far Cry to go linear, but I, I would love Ubisoft... As a developer, yeah. not just as a publisher, like, as a developer, yeah. you'd be hard pressed. Some... You'd be hard pressed to find someone who wouldn't have preferred the last Ghost Recon game to be a kind of more straightforward soldiery one, like the old ones. Because I really enjoyed those old ones, but I just didn't really. The the Wildlands didn't yeah, interest the, me at and all. Here's the thing: like Wildlands sold Gangbusters. Was yeah. So shockingly popular. That that to um, me just looked fine. like Far Cry without the fun. It it was sort of a more serious Far Cry, um, yeah. but like I say, it was a Ubisoft game. I played Recon, and it was just another Ubisoft game. Um, 
I understand a lot of people love it, but I was, I, I played it and enjoyed it while I was playing it, but it was just so rote that I couldn't get back into it to play it again when I, you know, had the opportunity. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, what I'm saying is it's, I don't want Far Cry to go linear. Uh, and, you know, that Ghost Recon Wildlands is fine, but there's room for some more stuff. There's room for just not just open world games. Mm. And Ubisoft is really good at crafting a, a nicely paced linear mission. Fucking that I would like, love to see them do that across a whole game. The, the Prince thing... of Persia trilogy was fucking incredible. Sorry, yeah. Laura. Mm-hmm. You, That's could, all right. you, you haven't talked in ages. Uh, all I was going to say is like, I, I really enjoy Ubisoft games when they are being somewhat more not not linear completely i'm not saying like everything has to be corridors um for something like the most recent assassin's creed i like when the missions themselves have some open structure to how you go through them but i tend to at this point just ignore a lot of the open world like in between specific missions and i'll just push for a lot of the missions because yeah i really enjoy linear uh, linearish narrative games and Ubisoft makes really good ones of those that are often like they do make really good open worlds but that's often not what I'm looking for when I'm playing those games and I'm kind of uh, some of those worlds feel similar to each other enough that I just walk past content in them sometimes mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've been feeling that a little bit more with Far Cry 5 than I did with Far Cry Primal for some reason don't know why Far Cry Primal, I got very into exploring the world, doing side missions, all that sort of thing. Far Cry 5, I've I've been a bit more mainlining the story. That's interesting that for you two, Primal was a bit more interesting. It's very much the other way around for me. Primal is the first one I, I actually didn't even finish. Primal is the first one that got me interested enough in its open world that I wanted to go exploring and stick around. Yeah. Far Cry 5 I'm in I I'm enjoying the story and the setting more perhaps yeah. but the open world isn't pulling me in and maybe it's just because I've played Far Cry open worlds a couple more times so and, many times you know, yeah yeah and it's just this was the one that happened to be like no too much now but yeah 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 because it's certainly not a revolutionary game by any means it doesn't do anything no, new it's, it, like it's, at all but it's taking the template of previous games and putting putting some new paint over it i'm very much think, enjoying that but it, it is kind of the same as the past games i think maybe just for me it's exactly what i wanted at this moment in time <laughs> you know a new big shooter kind of thing to just sink my teeth yeah. into rather than going back to fallout 4 for the 300th millionth time do you know i i get what you mean like mate it may just be I'm not in the right headspace for it at the second, because honestly, all I really want to play right now is I've been playing a bunch of Binding of Isaac. Like oh, I've been yeah. I've been very in a mood for like just quick gameplay loops, not it doesn't yeah. last too long, start over again, keep going. Yeah. And that itch just hasn't been scratched by like uh, Far Cry's open com- world stuff. On that topic, um Jim, what way were you playing? Far Cry 5, were you playing it kind of just slowly to chill and have fun or were you playing it more I must get this in a video kind of uh... Um, Thanks to the way I do my work now I yeah. can afford to play games in, with a bit more of a, a laid back relaxed. fashion because yeah. yeah. it's, it's now like you know, I, I can just do first impressions and then do a more in-depth thing later so I don't need to rush <clears> to <throat> see important things Yeah um, 
and and so I was taking my my time with it, taking my my own going at it my own pace. Um, once I was happy to get the footage, I kept playing it, um, and I'll, I'll still keep playing it because it's good time filler stuff. Uh, that's that's my only thing is I'm not saying it's a bad game. I think it's a very fine game. I just think that so much Ubisoft stuff is filler material now. It's yeah. stuff I play in between other games. It's it's yeah, it's the game between more substantial games. It's fluff. Mm-hmm. That, that's what Ubisoft makes now. A lot of repetitive fluff, which is fine. Um, it's they're just not all that remarkable to me anymore. I'll just pick one up out of off the shelf and be like, "Oh, Ubisoft game." I don't care which one it is. It it doesn't matter. I'll just throw it in and collect stuff and shoot stuff. Brilliant, um, and that's I fine. I like I say, it's now for me because they all have. This one now, I feel, is a lot more fun to drive around and collect stuff and shoot stuff than four was. And Primal, I just found those those really for me were peak, as you call it, Ubisoft game. <laughs> and and Wildlands, which just I didn't even play. I just watched a couple of playthroughs and went, nope, that's not for me. But yeah, this one I I I'm a big fan of this one. I have to say, and I think the characters are cool. I think the setting's cool. I think the soundtrack is really good. I think, um, just the way they've done little lots of little changes that improve your quality of life overall i'm a i'm a fan so there yeah. well good stuff Hurrah. That, um, that, that. I'm, I'm just making little notes now because i think a gym acquisition about what makes an ubisoft game and the pros and cons of it is quite a good yeah. idea i'm i'm just glad that we talked longer about far cry than we did that first 15 minutes about like you know <laughs> peeing on stuff like this, this was yeah. 20, almost 20 minutes on on far cry just about longer than our intro i think so we're all um, good <laughs> am i right in presuming that neither of you um are yet have have tried the destiny 2 since the big patch yet no, have you Sorry, done? I don't know why that sentence took so long to fucking get out of me. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Have, have you been playing it? No, I haven't. I, I saw the changes they're making and it does look, they do look like cool quality of life improvements, but I'm going to wait and kind of see what well, people I know are saying before. It's like I said about the whole live services thing yeah. is I'm, I don't have time. I don't have time to go back to other games because there are so many games coming out. <laughs> All yeah. of them vying for the exact same kind of of time commitment that Destiny Two asks for. Like mm-hmm. Far Cry Five, it pretty much asks for a lot of time as well. You know, if you want to yeah. upgrade, get cosmetics, get guns and stuff, like that's a lot of it's chipping def- away to get money. It's definitely not a game you're going to want to play when you have a, a very active Steam backlist that you're yeah. trying to get through. So. Things like Destiny, any games like that that may launch not all that brilliant and then are like, oh, we've we've had a big patch and it's all this. I'm sorry. The definition of too little, too late, my friends. You're in a market now where everyone's asking for the kind of time investment you're asking for, not to mention the monetary investment you're asking for with your little transactions, your little DLCs and shit. So everyone's asking for a lot more time and money and if you're going to fix your shit... Like, you can't have it both ways. You can't do the old thing of let's launch shittily and patch it six months from now and do the let's do a live service that, you know, everyone needs to play day in, day out. 
uh, you can't do that, not in a market where everyone wants to do a live service that everyone's playing day in, day out. The ones that start strong and stay strong are probably the ones that are going to stay long. Warframe. There you go. Yeah. And that one was strong enough to have a nice player base at first and then only got better and is now in a lot of headlines again because they had this second renaissance. But that's only because they were at least strong enough in the beginning to retain a lot of people. Whereas Destiny 2 bled a shitload of players because the amount of things Bungie did to fuck them around. So, don't care about the... Uh, sorry, that sounds crude, but I don't care about the patch. I don't care. Not anymore. They, they, they spent those credits... Uh, of investment on other things. It was more important to them to have the game lie to their players or to fuck around with blocking off content unless you buy the new DLC. Stuff they kept having to go back on and apologise for, so... And what, what's it been now? It's been like six, seven months since Destiny 2. When did it come out? It must be something like that. At least, it must be around the half a year mark. Yeah, yeah wasn't it like August or September last year? Mm, that's a long time to wait for something to I'm, get I'm pretty again. sure it was September 15th last year it came out, I think. So it's been a while. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've got a phone right here. I can look it up and we can find out. Um, Destiny 2 is an online-only multiplayer first person. It's September 6th. September 6th. Okay, September I last year. I wasn't far off. <laughs> so it's been out a fucking long time and they've already, you know, wasted a lot of customer goodwill on pretty sneaky things. Either, you know, it was either dishonest or embarrassingly incompetent, whichever one they want to go for mm -hmm. with some of the stuff they've had to backtrack on. Um, at that point, it's no, you know, good for the people who are still playing it and spending <laughs> money in it and what have you, but... It's certainly not enough to make me give a shit. September 6th, Destiny came out. Only typo negative fans will get that reference. <laughs> uh, oh, his voice, is, his voice always weirded me out. Oh, really? I love his voice. He did some great stuff, but there's something about just the, the tone of that voice that mm. just made me feel a bit creepy. I mean, tackled. it's so, like, bull testicle, testosterone manly that it's just, like... Can a wow. voice get yeah. any lower? It's that song where, think... he's, where he's like, I'll do anything to make you come <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and he really he really gets the, the cut. He goes, to make you come. And it's like, ooh, ooh Pete. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend's girlfriend. Well. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I know I, I know a certain person very close to to Jim who's also a big fan of them. So. Oh yeah, a <laughs> yeah. uh, couple couple of bits of news we had this week. Uh, sea of Thieves, that that game what came out last week. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. During its first weekend available, this like big online play it online with your friends. It's online. Play it with your friends. It's online game. Wasn't had online. five hours of downtime during its first weekend, and this That's wasn't brilliant. this wasn't what you want. emergency downtime. This was planned. They planned <laughs> for their big online game to its first <laughs> weekend available, the first time that like everyone's off of their nine to five day jobs, off of school. It's going to be unavailable for five hours in the middle of the day on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. That that is stupid. That's 
I don't understand the logic for that. Like, I'm gonna be, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Do your downtime on the Friday. Put it a day earlier. Why would you do it on your opening weekend? On the weekend, yeah. Why? 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 Do it in the middle of the night. Don't do I'm it in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. It feels like they've kind of bungled this launch a little, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's a. I've, I, I haven't played it, but last I've seen time a I lot played of people it, it still say, felt like an early access game. Yeah, that's what I'm. I've seen a lot of people say it feels unfinished. I played some of it on day one when the servers went up to be able to talk about it, and I've not touched it since. Yeah, mm. like I played it a little bit. Well, I played a little bit before the podcast started last week to try and talk about it. Starting to remember fragments, memory fragments of the old podcast. Um, and yeah, I, it just it felt barren. It felt fairly bereft of, of interesting things. And like I said before, like if I've got to find other players so we can invent our own fun and pretend to be pirates over the microphone, I would rather just get a real pirate hat and wear it and just hang around with my friends drinking real grog. Yeah, it... <sighs> It's a weird one. I keep thinking about it being like, do I... It, it all just comes down to, do I want to put the effort in to try and to try and get some people together to play it? And it just seems like a lot of effort when I could jump into something that doesn't require me to logistically plan a bunch of people's schedules. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so other things. You know how the Switch doesn't have a D-pad? at all. It has those buttons instead and there's a bunch of people who are like, hey, can we get a D-pad, please? Right, yeah. You can get a Joy-Con in Japan now that has a D-pad with some caveats. Of course there are, because it's Nintendo. You wouldn't have a Nintendo product or anything <laughs> backing up a Nintendo product without some sort of catch. Or, yeah. or, or a Nintendo product with backing up. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. um, so this is being produced by Hori, who are the people that do like lots of fighting sticks and things. It yeah. left Joy-Con. It has a, a D-pad in place of those four buttons. This is all sounding good. Yippee. It doesn't work wirelessly. You have to use it in handheld mode connected to the Switch. You can't use it wirelessly with the Switch in docked <sighs> mode. It has no rumble, uh, no wireless... No motion sensors, no LEDs in it. Like, it doesn't have the turn it on its side. Here's the side facing shoulder buttons. Like It, it doesn't work. You plug it in, nothing happens. <laughs> it's, if you very specifically want a D-pad and only for handheld mode and not for any other situation, then you can now get a D-pad with, on, on a Joy-Con. But if cool. but but if you wanted anything more broad than that, no, because weird peripherals. Mm. I don't think I've ever used my switch in in the uh, what what is the mode you just said? Is what, mobile hand, mode hand, or handheld mode? Handheld, that's it. Do, yeah. do you never use it as a handheld? No, I only play it with the pro controller thingy. I can't. I just cannot stand the joy cons. I, I, I always find it interesting talking to different people about how they play the Switch because there are some people who are mm. like you and only play it as a console on the TV with a yeah, pro controller. I I, 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 I cannot stand the joy cons. I like. There was one time I brought it to my girlfriend's parents' house because I had to stay there for the night because they were away and we were minding the house. And I brought my Switch, and that is the only time I've ever played it in handheld mode. 
Honestly, like, like right now, 90% of my playtime with the Switch is in handheld mode. Wow. I'm pretty sure I played, like, almost all of Kirby in handheld mode. And do you play it more at home or when you're out and about? Uh, at home. It's just oh. like, I'll I'll uh, I'll play while I'm watching something on the telly or I'll play while sort of lying down in bed See, and to avoid... Like... Do, you, do you play it with headphones? Because uh, you see, I'm really fucking neurotic and I, I hate playing games with the tinny sound coming out of the thing itself. So I have to have my I'll, big I'll, headset. I'll usually, so I just kind yeah. of feel I might as well just fucking play this through the TV. Well, I usually <laughs> you know? do with, I'll either do it with headphones or I'll plug it into like, I have some some nice speakers next to my bed that I can plug in. But oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I, yeah. I just quite like playing on a handheld like you know, if I settle into bed in the evening or if I'm, I'm in my office and just, like, you know, doing some emails and think, oh, I'll just play a bit of Binding of Isaac quick and grab the Switch or, like, play yeah. a Kirby level. Most most of my time with it's been in handheld mode. Yeah, I'm about the same. Unless it's a big game like Super Mario Odyssey big. Mm. Um, I'll play that on the TV. Yeah. Mostly. Mario Odyssey... Um, I... For the big experience of yeah. it. But a lot of the games I'll be playing in handheld mode. Mario Odyssey largely played on the TV. Um, Xenoblade mm. uh, Chronicles 2 I played a lot of on the TV because mm -hmm. it's a very hectic JRPG. Yeah. But... Unless I was like grinding or something. If it was just a mindless bit of messing around in yeah. the map. I'd play yeah. that handheld, but will... then I'd switch it back to the TV for big stuff. I will say this. The one night I spent with uh, Breath of the Wild on the handheld... I was very taken aback by how much better it looked on the the the, the Switch screen than it did on my TV. Well, Things do tend to look really nice on the yeah, Switch screen. Yeah, that's kind of like my point is that between playing on the TV and playing in handheld, I like playing in handheld because it's it looks really gorgeous on that screen. It's a, yeah. it is a really it, nice handheld. It wasn't just because of the resolution. It was the colors just seemed to pop more on the on the small screen for some reason. Yeah, it's I, I I love this the same way that I used to love the Vita. I there were occasionally games that came out on the Vita that made me go, I really love the idea of having a having a high powered gaming handheld. And I'm yeah. really glad that we've got a device that seems to be fulfilling that promise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean honestly the Switch came in and just sort of did everything the Vita tried and failed to do. And and back to the PSP as well. Like I loved those machines. Loved those machines. Mm. Um, I adored the PSP, was in love with the Vita, but they were trying to do what the Switch made to look like an effortless task. Mm. And it's good, it, like, for the industry as a whole, it's good that Nintendo have been doing so well in the last year because they're That's pretty much the filling the space left by Microsoft now. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, well, the, yeah. Uh, to be honest, they're filling the space left by many AAA publishers right mm. now. Um, the, the games they're putting out are like an antithesis to so many of the live service bullcrap yeah. that is clogging up the, the mainstream game yeah. industry. I'm, I'm, I'm... But even even just just for the plain fact that the that Sony has some competition, you know, because oh, yeah, Microsoft yeah. sure ain't given that to them this I mean, they need some gen. fires lit under them. Like every mm. company does. In order to innovate, in order to come up with better customer-facing ideas, the moment you got no competition, you grow stagnant. Yeah. Hello, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. I, I I'm glad to see that Nintendo does seem to be keeping the momentum quite well into this second year of Switch. Like, it's definitely not as like not racing right now, but we know things like 
you know they announced Smash Brothers the other week for is coming this year apparently. That seems to be pretty certain because like usually when we hear a Smash announced, it's like okay, it's probably going to get pushed back and it'll come out in three years or something. They're having a tournament yeah. with it at E3 this year, which presumably means like oh, it's going to be like playable and shown off in like a couple of months. Yeah, well, one would imagine a lot of it is redone stuff from the previous Smash, so you yeah, know, I, it'll basically be like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was, which is, you know, fine, uh, but it does mean, you know, we'll get that Smash without having to wait years and years. Yeah, but like, I think, like, the fact that they're, that this year they're probably going to have, what is it, what they got coming out this year, Kirby, Yoshi, Smash Bros, maybe Pokemon, is Pokemon this year, I don't know, like, they're probably going to have another good year this year. Yes, you think so, and they're being backed up again by some really some ports that are worth at least me buying the game again for. You know, Dark Souls, I'm all in. You know, I, I think I said last week that the Switch now has Dark Souls and Kirby on it, <laughs> yeah. or at least it wills very soon, making it my perfect system. The, the main worry I have for it still right now is ports coming late. Um, like, there's a great example today, um, Dragon Quest Eleven, is it, that's coming out uh, this year? The PS4 and PC versions are coming out in September, it got announced, like, September 4th, and the mm -hmm. Switch version just was not mentioned in that release date announcement, that and is everyone an issue, was like, yeah. huh, what's going on with that? And they're like, oh, we're still doing the Switch version, it just won't be the same time as the other versions. And, like, I think if, if Nintendo could could find a way to help third parties nail that issue the switch would be in a healthier position like that's that's where it's at right now is it's getting third party games it's just getting them after everyone else yeah right now they're a good backup and that's always you know nintendo's always been successful on the strength of its first party and second party stuff predominantly but having these ports at least uh, having them come out and sell well and be well received and whatnot is certainly good backup for the system. Uh, Nintendo has never had strong, like a strong foundation of exterior products to fall behind, and they've got that now, even if a lot of them do come late. If they were coming out day and date as the other stuff, then Nintendo would be laughing. Um, and it would be nice to well, see. Well, thank God they got Skyrim, because people can finally play Skyrim on something now. Yeah. <laughs> finally, a device that has Skyrim on it. Yeah, I've been wanting uh, to replay that, last. but you know, there's just no backwards compatibility on anything. I didn't even know, it was so obscure, I didn't even know the game had come out until you know, they I'll, announced the Switch version. I'll, I would love Oblivion on the Switch. What's it? Put, yeah. put, put Oblivion on it. That, I would that, like now, Oblivion that I would play in handheld. If they mod it, if if they yeah. have the mods that make it so you you don't run the risk of playing 12 hours before thinking, oh, fuck, I've buggered this one up. <laughs> yeah, they probably wouldn't know, would they? That was my first experience with Oblivion, was like 12 hours in. I'm like, you know what? I don't think this character is going to get much further. As much as I love Oblivion, it has, by quite a margin, the worst leveling system I've ever Fucking seen dreadful. in an RPG. <laughs> I don't know how they managed to fuck that up so bad. Hmm. So yeah, you you get shittier as you level up. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was the first Samurai Warriors did something similar, and since that is a game all about acquisition of power, it was the worst decision I've ever mm. seen. And the, like, like the, the more leveled up you get, the tougher the enemies get to the point where 
you feel like you're getting weaker, not stronger as you level up. Yeah, and you need a fucking degree in calculus to level up in Oblivion <laughs> properly. Fucking spreadsheets spread to make sure you don't bugger it up. Fucking, you actually do, and you need to keep track of like exactly yeah. how many points you've put into skills that you're never going to use just so That's you can level up properly. <laughs> God, how did like how did that <laughs> get past playtesting? It just yeah. baffles me when I think about and it. And it's still a hugely critically acclaimed, acclaimed game that we would like to see on the Switch and would probably buy, even yeah. though we know fundamentally it's fucked up. I would just whack it I on be- easy mode. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of game the playtesters had to look at and just go, you know what, we're never going to find all the bugs. Uh, it's done. Yeah, we playtested oh, it. Oh, oh. And they were like, you know what? We've just spent forever crafting this and we've realised all too late it's fucked up. Yeah. Now the players can experience what we just experienced. Leave the character creation as it and, is. And and by the way, if you drop the difficulty, uh, you earn less experience. Yeah. So that even, even that way you can't get more power. Even the game knows yeah. that levelling up is bad for you, so on easy mode it doesn't let you. Yeah. <laughs> We don't oh yeah, that's a good. You know what? I never fucked. thought about it that way. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you rarely level up on easy mode. Oh, should we? Hmm. Should we wrap this up here? Is that a good place for I us think to do some the wrap, wrap things up? up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I think I will get back to playing some more Far Cry Five. Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's bad. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. It's just you know, it's the same way I'd say. Well, you know what? I think I'll open a bag of crisps and eat it. <laughs> it ain't eating, you know, a steak. At char or something like that you know it's, it's eating um, bull, bull testicles out of at a testy festival it's eating some deep fried test, testicle festival food yeah um oh testicle festivals <laughs> okay laura how can people listen to your great work and read it and look at it and know what it is me and the things you can find me at, oh you yeah. can find me at laura k buzz pretty much everywhere laura k buzz on twitter laura k buzz on youtube you can also find me monday to friday nine to five at kotaku.co.uk you can find me on dice funk which is a dungeons and dragons real play podcast i'm on seasons three and four they're all self-contained stories so feel free to jump in when i t- show up if you like other than that, you can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast I do with Jane Magnet. And at some point in the next few days, a demo is going to be going up for a game called Paranormal, which is a dating sim in which I am one of the characters that you can go and do a date with. So Lovely. keep an eye out for Paranormal. Nice. Um, I believe it's Tess Young on Twitter. Go find Tess Young's Twitter and go look up Paranormal. That's the thing. Yeah. Paranormal sounds like, um, you know, someone walks into a bra shop and the person says, oh, have you any idea what size you are? And the person doesn't really know. <laughs> and they go, oh, paranormal. Pa- paranormal. Uh, I found Tess Young's Twitter. It's at the Sheik Monster. So T-H-E-C-H-I-C Monster. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, being, that's being put together. Go look at that Twitter. Go check out the demo for that, which is in the next few days. That's awesome. Woo, Van Dabby Dozy. Is that, Laura, um, have you, is that your first or second time doing VA in a game? Uh, I'm not doing VA. There is a character that is based on me, the person. Oh, that is, yeah, okay. it's, there is a, there is a Laura character in the game that right. can be dated. So, that's yeah, <laughs> that's that's cool. you can go on a date with, with virtual Laura. <laughs> Live the dream. I'm, I'm going to keep playing it right, right up till the end of the day and then just 
stop playing so I maintain a will they won't they scenario <laughs> in my head. I'm sure um, there's some user some listeners getting very excited about this prospect right he now. He dating Laura. Undoubtedly. And Gavin, who has already told the listeners to come earlier, um he pretended Make he was typo come. negative when he did it. There we are, dirty boy. Dirty, dirty boy. Dirty naughty bitch. Girlfriend's girlfriend. <laughs> she looks people... like you. Sorry. How can people continue <laughs> that musical adventure with you in further online endeavours? You can go to YouTube and find me under Miracle of Sound, where, as I said, when this comes out, my Far Cry 5 inspired song will be out, making everyone think that I'm a crazy cultist. Hopefully not. And you can find me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, where, Laura, did you overtake me in, <laughs> in followers yet? Uh, I, I, was think with, probably. I, was, I was within about 50 of overtaking you, and then you got mentioned in a cracked article about like Twitter yeah. accounts, 10 Twitter accounts everyone should follow. And now you've pulled a couple <laughs> of hundred ahead of me again. <laughs> I was like, I was right there. I was in striking you... distance of Gav, and then, ooh, someone at Cracked goes and promotes Gav. <laughs> you can never account for the cracked bump. And you can also find me on Patreon at Miracle of Sound. And there was one more thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah, my YouTube channel passed 200 million views this week. So thanks to everyone for that. Very cool milestone there. I feel I feel very oh. underwhelmed now with my 2 million. I'm 1% of the way there. I'll catch you up, Gav. <laughs> one day I'll catch <laughs> I mean, you up on Twitter and but YouTube. But it's my full-time thing, so you, when you consider all the views you've had from your different articles and websites and all that, it's I'll probably catch you up one day, much Gav. I'll catch you up one day. <laughs> you just got to wait for a cracked article. Yeah. Everyone gets one. That's yeah. the law of the land. <laughs> They've not repealed that yet. Everyone gets a cracked article. Yeah. I've no idea who at Cracked decided I was an account worth following, but hey, Apparently I'm, they not did. I'm not complaining. <laughs> they must have decent taste in music. Yep. That's what I reckon. And thank you all for listening, I guess. Um, I, I meant that as in, I guess that's where we say that, not I guess I should thank you like some sort of obstinate little I, I hope you enjoyed um, the bit at the beginning where we talked you through peeing on someone. That was a fun thing we did. <laughs> that was good. That was good. The podcast will probably be named after something we said at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm having that. I think that's I'm it. having that moment now where I just remember, like, oh shit, yeah, this is all things we did today on a gaming podcast. Yeah, we did. We Stormy Daniels, fabulous podcast. Forbes fanny time. Wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, fabulous. Uh, on that bombshell, <laughs> it is time to go. Um, if you can get to the Jackson, Mississippi area for April seventh maybe consider taking in a show at the Jackson Hideaway. Stardust will be there, and he says that the stir search is over. It oh. is not... He didn't say it like Matt Hardy. I'm wearing a Matt Hardy shirt today. Wearing a Woken Matt Hardy shirt. It says delete on it. Um, but anyway, uh, the stir search is completed, and a stir will be born on April 7th, so keep an eye out for that. Very good stuff coming. Um, and that's it. For self promotion, do check out the Far Cry Five impressions on the is, channel if is, you want. Is Stardust still the heel? Uh, what other role would I play? So, so would you um, say you're stirring shit? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> then again, that could be said at any point in my career, probably. Um, <laughs> oh, actually, I, I saw and, oh, a vid no. I saw a video this week by a rather large YouTuber, and it was his ten favorite gaming YouTubers, and and. Uh, 
Jim was, he did the top 10 from 10 to 1, and then he had an extra slot at the end for Jim. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And a lot of it was about how you are a bit of a shit stirrer, and that's why he likes you so much. <laughs> oh, because not all bad, Dan. Um, all right, well, there we go. Uh, videos and podcasts and things we have done. And this was a podcast, that was one of the things we did, but it's over now, so you can't listen to it anymore unless you start it again and listen to it from the beginning, which I don't even know why you'd listen this much into the first time, so yeah, will fool you. Yeah, bye. Um, but thank you for doing it, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. Come. <laughs> Come.